Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Woo! Good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. I am Pastor Chris. I kind of feel like I've been uh, on the sidelines in a football game going, put me in, coach, put me in. And today I finally get to come back and uh, be on the field. But uh, it's been a great summer. Uh, We have great pastors who've had great messages. We have all been blessed, including myself. But I'm glad to be here today. Uh, Actually, next Sunday, Labor Day weekend, we usually call it National Youth Pastor Preaching Sunday. Uh, But uh, Jacob has already given a message. And so Chris Jones is actually closing out summer reading next Sunday, but then beginning the 11th, the 18th, you'll get your fill of Pastor Chris, I promise. Now, on the 18th, though, we are having a big, big day, and I want to tell you about it, and I want to encourage you to do something for me. So inside your bulletin today, there's these two little, uh, you're invited cards. These are not for you. You're here. You know about Coastal. These are for your friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, where you live, work, parent, and play. Give them out. Hand them out. If you need some more, we've got some, I believe, over at Guest Services. You can pick them up there. Hand them out. Invite and bring a friend September the 18th. We're kicking off a new series. It's going to be awesome. Life groups start that day, uh, that week. Um, It is really going to be a big series, a great day. And I really want to challenge you to invite and bring someone to be a part of the service. But today, uh, we continue in uh, summer reading. So do me a a, a favor. Raise your hand if you have, uh, or even leave a comment online. Raise your hand or leave a comment if you have read any of the books uh, that we're using this summer for summer reading. Anybody? Okay, there we go. A few of you had. So I'm glad that you have. Um, That's awesome. Uh, I hope you're enjoying them, and I hope others of you will pick up these books uh, that we've been using as kind of a springboard for this series and make a commitment to read them. Now, today's book, the book that I'm highlighting today, it is yet another classic. Uh, Now, it's it's definitely a much easier read than many of the other books that we've used, but it is a a definite must-read. It's The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. Now, Corey was a Dutch watchmaker who became an unlikely hero uh, of the Nazi resistance. Uh, she is actually a survivor of Hitler's concentration camps, and uh, she became one of the most um, unlikely and yet remarkable evangelists of the 20th century. In World War II, she and her family risked their lives to literally save hundreds and hundreds. I think the count is somewhere between 800 and 1,000 Jews and underground workers escape the Nazis. Uh, She and her family were eventually arrested and placed in the infamous Nazi death camps. The last camp that she was in was Ravensbrück. Uh, Only Corey, only Corey from among her family survived. But she survived to tell the story of how faith ultimately triumphs over evil. So I hope you'll take the chance uh, to get this book and to read it. It is moving and it is inspirational. So like all the other books, there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different themes here that I could talk about and use today from this book as a springboard. But what I want us to explore today is this question of injustice. Injustice. I mean, if God truly does have a wonderful, wonderful plan for your life, why do so many things happen that don't seem fair? 
And people can ask this question in a lot of different ways. You know, what, well, I'm sure the question you've heard a lot is, you know, well, well, then, Pastor Chris, why do bad things happen to good people? Why is it that, you know, that bad people seem to prosper? Where is it when, you know, where is God, quite frankly, when I hurt and I'm in pain? You know, if God is really God and he can do something and he is loving, then why? Why doesn't he do something about all the injustice in the world? I want to talk about that today. So if you're taking notes, let's start here. Here's the reality, the reality. Life is unfair. It is. Life is unfair. In fact, uh, the Bible, and particularly the book of Ecclesiastes, actually gives us five different examples of how life isn't fair. Now, again, this was written thousands of years ago, but I want you to listen to these and see if you would agree that they still apply to us today in 2022. Okay, number one, criminals go unpunished. Criminals go unpunished. Ecclesiastes 8.11, when a crime is not punished quickly, people feel it's safe to do wrong. 3,000 years ago, Solomon was complaining about the same thing we're complaining about today. You know, courts are bogged down, justice is slow. Come on, how many of you have seen like what I've seen? Watching criminals literally steal things off of shelves and walk out of stores with, with nothing. I mean, with, with no recourse. You know, store owners and cameras just watching the whole thing. Ecclesiastes 3.16, I also noticed that under the sun, there is evil in the courtroom. Even the courts of law are corrupt. I mean, how much more relevant can you get than that? Number two, another example of life being unfair and injustice is that the oppressed go unhelped. The oppressed go unhelped. Ecclesiastes 4.1. Again, I observed all the oppression that takes place under the sun. I saw the tears of the oppressed with no one to comfort them. The oppressors have great power. Circle that phrase there. Great power and their victims are helpless. 2022, people still use power. Physical power, financial power, political power to oppress other people. I mean, that's the history of the world, right? The rich oppress the poor, the powerful oppress the powerless. One race oppresses another race. Men have oppressed women, and on and on and on, and it hasn't changed. Number three, politicians are unethical. I mean, do I really need to <laughs> explain this one? But, uh, you know, seriously, whenever you find people in authority over others, you can expect to, to find injustice, and it doesn't. It does not matter uh, what your political affiliation is. It doesn't. Now, those of you who've got your head in, your sand, in the sand, you think it does, but it doesn't. Democrat or Republican, if there's one thing that is bipartisan today, it is corruption. I mean, does anybody actually expect our public servants anymore to actually serve us? Ecclesiastes 5.8. Listen to this. 3,000 years ago, this is what was said. Don't be surprised if you see a poor person being oppressed by the powerful and if justice is being miscarried throughout the land. For every official is under orders from higher up and matters of justice, listen to this, get lost in red tape and bureaucracy. Could that have been written today? Yeah. Number four, good people are unrewarded. 
Good people are unrewarded. Ecclesiastes 8.14, there is something else meaningless that occurs on earth. Listen to all of this. The righteous who get what the wicked deserve and the wicked who get what the righteous deserved. I mean, sometimes it appears as though dishonest people are the ones who are getting ahead, doesn't it? It appears that the way to get ahead in business and life is to be dishonest, unscrupulous, have no integrity. In fact, do me a favor. Hey, raise your hand if you've ever lost a deal or a sale or a contract because of an unscrupulous competitor. Anybody ever experienced that? Yeah. But because they were willing to lie, cheat, or steal, they got it. And finally, number five, at least the, the one that I want to mention today, because um, there's many, many more examples of injustice. Uh, number five, capable people are unsuccessful. Capable people are unsuccessful. In other words, good guys don't always win. Listen to this in Ecclesiastes 9.11. I've observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry. The skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. You can be brilliant and still poor. And then there's some idiot who dropped out of school who's on social media doing stupid things, making millions, right? And Solomon is just simply saying, guys, let's admit it. Life is not fair. Criminals go unpunished. The oppressed go unhelped. Politicians are unethical. Good people are unrewarded. And capable people many times are unsuccessful. So why? Why doesn't God do something about it? I mean, is God uncaring, indifferent, helpless? No, he's not. I think the Bible does give us some reasons why God does allow injustice in the world. I want to talk about them. Number one, because he gives us the freedom to choose. I want you to think a little bit, okay? He gives us the freedom to choose. Deuteronomy eleven twenty six. look, today I'm giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. You see, the Bible teaches that you and I were created in the image of God, and that's what makes us different you know, from the animals. And God gives you a choice to accept him or to reject him, to obey him or to deny him, to go his way or to go your own way. Why? Well, because God wants you to do good. He wants you to choose his path, not because you have to, not because he makes you or forces you to. He wants you to love him and to choose his path because you choose to love him, not because you're forced to. Let me explain it this way. Parents, moms and dads, do you want your kids to obey you because you make them or because they love you and they choose to? Now, early on, sure, you're directing their path, right? And, you know, you're kind of, you know, helping to, you know, make them make the right choices, kind of, you know, begin to form their heart. But the obvious answer is eventually you want them to what? To choose to, to want to. Now, again, admittedly, many times in life, it just seems like life would be a whole lot less messier if we could just make our kids choose the right thing all the time and they would always learn for, from our mistakes. But that's not what happens, is it? And that's not freedom or choice, is it? And I might argue that that's not love either. However, with that freedom, 
with those choices comes consequences. I mean, you can't say that you have a choice to do good unless you've got a choice to do bad. Now, the good news is, again, we have this, this freedom to choose. The bad news is there are negative consequences that come along with that because we often make wrong decisions. And so does everybody else all around the world all throughout history. And now we are all living in the aftermath of that, the fallout of that. Evil consequences in the world are simply the result of evil choices over time. Now God could take away all of the injustice in a, in a snap, just like that. How? By taking away our freedom to choose to do wrong our freedom to make bad choices. But he's not gonna do that because he wants a loving relationship. And if he does it for one person, just one person in history, then he's gotta do it for all people throughout all of history. And instead of being a human being created in the image of God with the capacity for a love relationship, you become an animal, a robot. So the good news is we have freedom. But the bad news is that there are a lot of negative consequences and injustice as a result of it. Number two, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Ecclesiastes 3.17 said, I said to myself, in due season, God will judge everyone, both good and bad, for all their deeds. Listen, today is not the end of the story. It's not the end of your story. The final chapter has not been written. Just because people seem to get away with anything and everything doesn't mean they always will in this world or in the next. Isaiah 30, 18 says, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. You see, the Lord is a God of grace and compassion, it says here. But also, he is a God of justice. He's both. One and the same. And one day he will settle the score. One day he will close the books. He will balance the accounts. It is inevitable. And we need to constantly remember that one day, ultimately, there will be a day of accounting. And each one of us will give an account of everything we did on this earth. It is coming. And God says, yes. Yes, you have been given this freedom of choice, this, this freedom to choose to go your way or my way. You can, you can do good, you can do bad, but one day you will give an account. So, you know, why doesn't God just go ahead and judge now? Settle the accounts and, you know, settle the score and just get it all over with. Why doesn't he bring justice now instead of waiting? And I'm so very grateful for this. Number three, he wants to show us our need for a Savior. Look at 
He wants to show everyone our need for a savior. Ecclesiastes 7.20. Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. You know what that means? That means we're all in trouble. Okay, don't kid yourself. We've all been the inflictor of injustice. We have all at some point been unkind, cruel, and unfair. We are all in the same boat. You see, the reason why the world is full of injustice, unjust, is because it is full of unjust people like me and like you. Sinners in need of a savior. Ecclesiastes 3.18 from the Living Bible. Listen to this. And then I realized that God is letting the world go on its sinful way so that he can test mankind. And so that men themselves will see that they are no better than beasts. I mean, it's basically saying that injustice reveals our sinful human nature. Listen, when you see terrible things going on in this world, and we all do, he says you shouldn't be surprised about it. It's a test. He's just showing us what mankind is really like. It demonstrates our sinful human nature, our capacity for evil. He's saying without God, we tend to act like animals. Listen, normal people, everyday people, like you and me, without God in our life, without God, you know, given the right situation in a group, man, they're capable of anything. People tend to prey on each other. I mean, we see it all the time today in business, in relationships, in politics. I mean, if you consider yourself a humanist, let, let me, I want you to answer it seriously. Answer this question. If mankind is basically good, how do you explain the Holocaust? How do you explain the killing fields? How do you explain slavery? Rape. Murder the abuse that goes on in the world today? I don't think you can. Apart from the reality that we are all sinners in need of a savior. We all have the freedom to choose and there's going to be a judgment one day for our choices. But he is delaying that judgment so that all of us, everyone, can recognize their need for a savior before that day comes. Romans 3, 23 and 24 says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. Let me ask you a very personal question. What about you? 
Do you want justice? You think about that. Do you want justice? If God gave you what you deserve right now, where would you be? Jesus did not deserve to die on the cross. He was the perfect, sinless son of God. But the Bible says that he came, he died, he took your penalty, the penalty of your sin and mine. The Bible says, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God by his grace. A fourth reason for all the injustice in the world is that pain can develop character. Pain, heartache, difficulty can develop character. Romans 5, 3, and 4, listen to this. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. We always learn more from pain than we do from pleasure. We always learn more from failure than we do from success. It is in the hard times, the difficult times, that you develop character, not when times are easy. And so God is always interested in molding us and making us more like Jesus. He's interested, he's far more interested than in your character, who you truly are, than in your comfort. It's, it's kind of like old school photography. Okay, so when you take a picture with film, Anybody heard of that film? Okay, so not your iPhone, okay, but with film. What do you get? Do you know what's produced? You get a what? Anybody? A negative, right. And so you got to take that negative into a dark room. And some of you kids are like, what is he talking about there? You know? Uh, But you take that negative into a dark room and you develop it by allowing light into it. And so when the light shines into that negative onto that photographic paper, it develops into a beautiful picture. Well, listen, life looks pretty negative a lot of times. It's not fair. It is unjust. A lot of terrible things happen in the world. But God can turn those negatives in, in your life into something very beautiful. If you let the light of his love, the light of Christ shine through it. And some of you may feel like you've been dealt a pretty bad hand. And what you faced in life and what you're facing right now just is not fair. And as a pastor, when I think about some of the injustices and the pain that I've seen many people in this place suffer, when I think about things like lost jobs and financial disaster, emotional, physical, even sexual abuse and adultery and addiction and alcoholism and disease and the death of a loved one and and, and miscarriage and and racism and divorce, it, it is overwhelming. I know it is. And so when you ask me, you know, Pastor Chris, why? Why did those things happen to me? Why did that happen to my child? Listen, I do not have an easy pat answer with three points and a prayer. I don't. But I do know this. This is the hard truth. This is the hard answer. Our God still loves you. And his love for you is big enough to handle everything that you're going through. It's big enough even to handle your anger, your doubt, your pain. 
He loves you so much. He loves everyone in this world so much that he allows us to choose to love him back. And if that means that we have to suffer the consequences of our own sinful nature and that of the whole world all throughout time because of his willingness to let us choose and to enjoy true love, that's still far better than being a mindless robot. Ultimately, this world is not our home. And we are only passing through for a very, very short time. And while we are here, if, if we let him, our God does have the miraculous ability to bring something beautiful from our pain. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. But don't lose hope. Justice is coming for the injustices of this world, even the ones that you have suffered. But listen closely. In your heart of hearts, you know and I know that if the truth be told, we don't want justice. We want and we need grace because we are all sinners in need of a Savior. But God knew that. And so in his great love for you, he planned in advance to send his son Jesus as a sacrifice. Parents, you know, one of the most difficult and painful things for us to see as moms and dads is our own children willfully choosing to do the wrong thing and to suffer the consequences. Can you imagine for a second God Almighty the all-loving Heavenly Father watching His creation, humanity, slaughtering His one and only Son. But that was His choice. Justice served on the righteous so that the unrighteous, you and me, we could go free. And then as a result of that acceptance of Christ, that acceptance of God's love, when the injustices of this world do come your way, because of the love of God, you have another choice. You have another choice. You can become bitter or you can become better. Corey Timboom once said, forgiveness is the key which unlocks the door of resentment and the handcuff of hatred. It breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. But the choice is yours. Will you let the love of God shine through your circumstances or are you going to choose to shut that door and let, and let the dark cloud of bitterness and hate and anger become the distinction of your life. Listen, because injustice and pain and hardship, it doesn't always produce positive character. It doesn't always make people better. That's a choice you've got to make. 
And the quicker you realize that, the quicker you can make the right choice. Listen, I don't. I don't have all the answers for why you have gone through what you have gone through. But I do know this. When I see so many of you now, you know, now I see a whole lot more of Jesus in you. Than, than maybe what you used to see. I see more of his love in you. I see more of his patience, more of his kindness, more of a servant's heart, more of his grace. So what do we do when life is unfair? What's your response? I wanna, I wanna give you two things to do. I'm gonna leave with this. Number one, do the right thing anyway. Do the right thing anyway. Even when the world is unfair, maintain your integrity. This is important. I want you to get this. Listen, although you cannot control the circumstances in your life, you can control your reaction to them. That's what matters. That's what God is watching. How you respond to the injustices of life, the pain of life. How do you respond when life is unfair? Do the right thing anyway. Do what you can to gain justice for others. Fight the, the good fight of human rights. Look out for the oppressed. Be a voice for the voiceless in our community. Seek to correct the wrongs and injustices in life. Do what you can, while you can, for whomever you can. Uh, Matthew 25, 35 through 40. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. Do the right thing anyway. I'm so thankful we're a part of a church here at Coastal that puts that into practice. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus here in, a, in an evil world. And there is nothing that will distract us or divert us from kingdom, kingdom work. As this world gets darker, we will shine brighter. Jesus through us. You see, there's a trap that you can so easily fall into. We look around at the world and we see everybody doing the wrong thing. And then we say to ourselves, well, everybody's doing it, so it must be okay. You know, you think, well, you know, they're getting away with it. Maybe I can do it. I can get away with it too. You do the right thing even when other people are doing the wrong thing. You know, see, so often we say integrity is who you are when no one else is looking. And I think that's true. I think that's a great definition. But let me tell you what integrity also is. It is also who you are when everybody else is looking and everybody else around you is doing the wrong thing. Then what do you do? That's integrity. You see, we need to remember that each of us one day will stand before God and give an account. And at that day, when he either comes again or calls you home, do you think it's really gonna matter when you say, well, everybody else was doing it? Number two, be faithful and wait for God's reward. Wait for God's reward. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 18 says this, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our, listen to this, our present troubles, injustice, pain, unjust, unfair, 
our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we, we fix our gaze on, that which, on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. God is faithful. And one day, he is going to reward you for doing the right thing anyway. One day, the trumpet will sound, the sky will split, he will come again, or he will call you home. And that might be today. And one day, he will wipe away every tear. He will balance the books, he will settle the score. There will be no more pain or crying or death. No more cancer, no more abuse, no more COVID, no more nothing. Do the right thing anyway. When no one is looking and everybody else is looking and doing the wrong thing. Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Listen, I don't know all the pain and injustice that you have carried with you into this place today. My guess is, for some of you, it's pretty great. It's a lot. Here in person, watching online, I know God loves you. And he wants you to love him back. I know he's not finished with you yet. And I know he has a wonderful plan still for your life. I want to encourage you to unload all of your pain on him. The shoulders of his son Jesus on the cross are big enough to carry it. Corey Ten Boom, after surviving unspeakable evil and atrocities in Nazi prison camps, was once asked how she could keep on going when things were so hard and tough. I love her answer. You see, there is no pit so deep that the love of God is not deeper still. What pit do you find yourself in today? Allow the love of God to reach down to you into that pit and help you out. That's what we're here for too. That's what church is about. There's no perfect people here. We're all sinners in need of God's grace. And we'd like to extend that grace to you be God's conduit of that grace and to help you out of that pit wherever you find yourself. Come home to him today. Come home. He loves you and he wants to begin a relationship with you today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for your great love. Father, we do. We live in a, in a world that is full of injustice and pain and hardship and difficulty and disease. 
There's a lot of people today that are hurting, Father. And I don't have all the easy answers. I don't understand why things happen the way they, they do. But I know, God, that you allow us to have freedom, the freedom to choose so that we really truly can experience love in all its fullness, love with you. We could choose your way or our own way. And God, it's my prayer today that there are people ready to come home and to choose your way. Father, we're all sinners. We all need grace. And thank you that you knew that in advance and you were willing to allow justice to be served on your one and only son so that if we would only accept him into our lives, that we could experience the unjust. We, we could experience freedom and love and forgiveness. And if you're here today, either in person or watching online, and you are ready to say yes to that forgiveness, yes to that love, just pour your heart out to God in a prayer. He knows your heart. He knows what you're praying right now. Just say something like this, Father, I admit it. I, I'm a sinner. I am. I'm unjust. I'm a mess. I'm the one who has gone my own way. And today I admit it, Father. I pour my heart out to you. I ask you to forgive me. And today, as much as I know how, as much as I understand, I believe that Jesus paid the penalty for me and my sin. I ask him to come into my life. I ask him to be my savior and to be my Lord. And God, from this day forward, I just want to follow him. I want to become more and more like you see me today in your grace and your love. You see me forgiven. You see me brand new. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And Lord, for those who are here today who are in a deep, deep, dark pit, I pray that they know that there is no pit too deep or dark for you and your love, and that you will crawl right down into it, right into the middle of their mess, and help them out, and so will we. We love you, Father. We pray these things today in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.